if someone reached across the table during a first date and to was hold like, your hand yeah You'd i would be, be like, like <laughs> you know you're so oh my gosh wait are you reaching for something over here let me, let I, me oh you want my napkin yeah sure right right i got a podcast add to the add to the no 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 <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of I'm Literally Screaming. Ah, everybody in the stands are taking off their clothes. Please put them back on. We don't want to see that. Or maybe we do. Hello, everyone. We're back with another episode, and I'm here with the one, the only, Allison Stoner. Ah! Ah! That felt like the only entrance. Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, like, it's just like... I don't know how I started with that intro, but it just kind of like happened on its own. That was spontaneous? Yeah, like one day I was just like, wow, everyone's taking off their clothes because they're so aroused by us. Okay. And it's like, "Mm, we don't want to see that, but maybe we do. That oddly reminds me of dreams when like suddenly you don't realize that your clothes fell off and now you're in front of people. Or like when you're in the bathroom. Have you ever had? That's too old of a reference for you, I think. Wait, what, what reference? Do you know Bring It On? Yes. Okay. Okay. Bring it on. Wait, that's a cheer one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I haven't. Like I've heard and seen clips of it. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Go Toros. Go. Oh yeah. Wait. No. Never mind. And then it's like the beginning is like I'm sexy. I'm mm-mm. cute. Mm-mm. I'm popular mm-mm. to mm-mm. be. I'm bitching. Gray hair. hair. Oh, whoops. No, it's okay. I don't. Do you know. say gray hair? A great hair. Okay. Like I'm bitching. Great hair. The boys all love to stare. That's true. But before we got into Bring It On, I, we were talking about books. We were talking books. So you are more into like nonfiction? Yes. So I was sharing with you that if it's a work of fiction, mm-hmm. I would much rather someone give me the plot line, like help me understand how it resolves. And then I want to go back and psychoanalyze what was happening oh. through like a nonfiction lens. See, my mom is similar, but like she will literally do that with the fiction books. Like okay. she goes to the end, if that makes any sense. And she yeah. reads the last chapter before anything happens. Yeah. So I don't know why I can't like read the last chapter. It ruins but, it for you. Yeah. But my mom is like, I need to know the last chapter so I can see where everything is going and I can right. like analyze better. And me, I'm just like, I need to like go for the ride. I want to hang out with your mom because I like to understand the themes. Yeah. And if I don't understand the themes, like my critical thinking and reasoning is not very great when it comes to reading literature. I remember in school, like mm-hmm. any time that you had to analyze a paragraph and, <laughs> and explain what it was about, I was lost. Really? I would pick out like the details I thought were important and the teacher would be like, that's, I don't know really why off. you thought that was. That's what, yeah. when I was going into my junior year of high school, I had this summer assignment where I had to, it was Robert Frost and it was the two, two roads diverge into one. Yeah. Um, and I did this entire analysis on it thinking like, wow, my brain is so advanced and this is <laughs> so good and my teacher's going to eat this up. And I got a D plus. What? Yeah, he was like, so I don't know where you were going with this. Because you related it to like split ends in your hair and not. Like, no, I just like went in on something. I forget what I wrote about, but it was just like, because the assignment was to find, it was like a theme or find like hidden messages in the poem. And I actually was like finding hidden messages like through different words that were used you found your own pattern yeah and he my teacher was like so that's actually not what I meant at all Spence so we can't do that perhaps though you were activating a different part of your brain responsible for like spacious creative thinking Mm -hmm. and your imagination and he just didn't get it yeah Mm -hmm. he didn't understand that you are an artist right and see this is what I'm talking about see I feel like my paper should have been published wow I support that bang I'm sorry about that if you had to recommend like one nonfiction book for me what would it be uh okay well it depends on if you want to learn about 4e cognition or not oh my Um, gosh okay yeah for sure i'll read anything i would say the embodied mind um, because it is an examination of consciousness through the lens of what it means to experience consciousness at an embodied level so not just like this idea that cognition happens upstairs Mm -hmm. and yeah we can we can chat later about it that's really interesting but the beautiful 
takeaway from that is it helps you explore your own mind-body connection in a new way Mm -hmm. so that instead of thinking like, oh, my thoughts are running wild and my body is freaking out in this way, you start to understand like a more holistic approach. That kind of reminds me and correct me if I'm wrong. Have you ever read The Four Agreements? Um, Yes, I have. That kind of like it kind of the like same not genre, Hmm. but like it kind of sounds similar in the sense of like how you can think about things or like reframe things Mm -hmm. am i wrong it could have some overlapping themes reframing reminds me more of like cognitive behavioral therapy um there are a lot of different theoretical frameworks we could use but i don't know if that's what you want to talk about today i want to recommend a book for you yes please um have you ever well no because it's probably not um it's called well there are two um one is called the invisible life of Addie larue Okay. That's really good. And it's about essentially this girl and she's from I think it's like the 15-1600s. Okay. And she prays to this I guess false god. Okay. Cuz she doesn't want to get married. She wants to live a life of like freedom and she Support asks that. this like I, I don't want to say a demon, but it's like a dark entity like I want to be free. Like I don't want to mm. be married. Like I just want freedom. Okay. And he gives her that. But with a twist because she wasn't specific enough. Okay. So she now goes about her everyday life and she's free. She lives forever. Okay. But the problem is whenever she meets someone, they forget her. So it's like if I were to talk to you right now and then leave the room and come back in, you'd be like, oh, my gosh. Hi. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Until she meets someone who, who remembers her. Spell? Yeah. He remembers her. She She goes into a bookstore and tries to take a book Mm -hmm. and while she's leaving she's like oh he won't even remember because i'm leaving and i'm walking out Mm. and he chases after her and he says i saw you steal the book and she's like you remember me so that's the end of the book or that's the start that's the start okay great and then there's the midnight library okay and that book is about a girl who's like life is pretty much falling apart so she tries to overdose Mm. but while she's dying she gets transported into this library, and it's a place between life and death. Purgatory. And all the books in the library are lives she could have lived. So when she opens a book, it transports her <gasps> into that life. And if she stays in that life long enough, then she's permanently there. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So many decisions to make. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I like fiction, because it's like there's no way in hell this is real, but like I would love it to be. Well, yeah, and it maybe gives you like a canvas where you can sort of play with different ideas, but know that it, there's no permanent consequence. Right. How was um your weekend or how's your week been? Oh, that's a great segue. I was just thinking about the weekend after talking about the books. Really? Nope. Um, okay, yeah. But uh, <laughs> weekend, week. What day of the week is it? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We'll start with today. Okay. So I drove for three hours right before this because I live in the desert. Oh. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. Uh, Traffic. Three hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to be moving back in to LA because I'm about to start another animated show. Oh, really? So I'm going to be like recording sessions and it would be hard to make that commute every day. Every day for three hours and the traffic here. Yeah. Yeah. Absurd. How long have you lived here? I have been in and out of LA for oh my gosh, twenty three years. Wait, so are you originally not from California? Nope. Where are no. you originally from? Toledo, Ohio. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Have you seen Flatland? You know. Then okay, no, I mean like you've never seen land that's flat. You've I'm from New Jersey. Ma- okay, okay, you've seen buildings. I've seen buildings, buildings. and I lived in a valley, actually. Okay. So when I lived in a part of New Jersey that was in, I guess, like city area, Mm. I was farther north near New York State where there are like farms um, and mills and all that kind of stuff. So I only knew like mountains my entire life. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you ever want to see Flatland, Toledo has got your back. What is it it like living in... And, well, what was it like growing up and like going back and forth? Because you said you started going back and forth like 23 years ago, you said? Yes. So once I moved to L.A. around six or seven years old, I was mostly here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would leave, it was to film on location. So it wasn't back to Ohio. It was like Canada for Camp Rock 12 and like <sighs> New York for Step Up 16. Um, and Toledo is lovely. I mean, it's like simple in terms of 
I, when I drive down an LA boulevard, it's like, you know, you're bombarded with these exquisite artistic mm-hmm. works and um, and the lights and everything and everyone's dressed to the nines. And yeah. in Toledo, it's like the building is here to function for like whatever purpose. It doesn't need to be anything super That's how well designed. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's simple. Like, yeah, it's like a nice, simple way of living. Yeah, like white t-shirt, jeans. Yeah, and I feel like here everything is very like you how do I put this when I was growing up in New Jersey not once did I ever think like oh like someone might be watching me right now whereas like here people dress like they're being watched billboards yep you dress like you're a billboard right that's literally it yeah um and speaking of you like going on site how was school because you were (laughs) I just I've always been curious because I like I always wondered what it must have been like going to school and also working at the same time at such a young age yeah my schooling is questionable well you sound really smart like speaking to you I'm like wow it's all scripted you think you're speaking off the cuff I got a script before this. Oh, my God. Wait. So, like, basically, we're in a simulation. Exactly. And Remember the Midnight Library? This is one of the possible outcomes uh, of your life. What Choose are they wisely. Called? Wait, what are they called? Like, PNC? What are they called? Uh, um, those You mean near-death experience? NPC. And- <laughs> an NPC. I'm like, am I an NPC? What? What's an... Oh, and what is that? They're, like, a non-person... Character non-playable character character. yeah it's like you are being played by a person and you're fully cognitive and like aware and I'm just here like rolling things off what I think are my thoughts but they're not wow yeah how much are you questioning yourself right now Mm, I was questioning a lot but then I was like I'm a bad bitch and there's no way someone is not controlling this so it's like I'm definitely in control (laughs) you said reclaim work reclaim so um, with sorry school yeah no it's okay so school was really bizarre because I switched schools all the time and I would go from like private to public to charter to being on to set school. it's interesting yeah hmm. but because I switched schools there are certain subjects that I like never took and classes I never took really because the curriculum whether you're in public or charter like it's different things for different grades so for example i've never taken a geography class if you show me a map i will not be able to get us anywhere anywhere no sense of direction so did you take classes and, multiple times yes i can tell you all about u.s history well one version of u.s history not but yes and oh then like goodness. this is a whole other story but i was applying for college mm-hmm. And they looked at my transcripts and they were like, you can't get in. You took six years of PE and not geometry. Like what happened? I had been at a charter school where the teachers were like, without me knowing and realizing, making exceptions and then like forging classes that I actually didn't take. And then like it was it was it was a mess Um, because I did love school and I wanted to Mm -hmm. excel in class and I wanted to learn. Um, But most of my education beyond like 14 is just my own studying. Like I went and got certifications outside of that's actually really smart. So you were did you like teach yourself a lot? I had to start teaching myself starting in second grade because once we moved out to L.A., um, my teachers in elementary school were like faxing um, worksheets for me to do. But my mother's not a trained educator. So yeah. even at a young age, I, I was learning how to like complete the curriculum, submit it. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's something that I grieve because um, I've had a lot of insecurity around my own intelligence because uh, mm. I would show up to a bunch of different settings yeah. and like you have probably studied so many things that I've never studied and because I assumed that like the school form of education was always superior I felt like wow I'm really lacking until I learned like oh I can fill in the gaps on your own on some of yeah in some of these other ways and even like recapping with things like I actually I recently when I was in high school I took um ASL Mm -hmm. Um, and I recently just started teaching myself ASL again and I love my the thing I always say all the time is like I love being outside of school especially like elementary 
a middle school, high school, because mm-hmm. I feel like with those, everything is kind of just like forced on you in a way. Whereas yeah, right. like when I was in university, a lot of the things I studied, I was able to choose what I wanted to take. Like right. there were options for different classes to fill different credits and things like that. Yeah. But even now I have my degree on hold, but even now, like I can read what I want. I can look up what I want. So that's always been like really interesting to me, just being able to teach myself things that I never really thought I could. Right. Totally. Honestly. Yeah. I just had this really beautiful image of your degree literally being on hold waiting for you to. My mom, if my mom's probably <laughs> like, going to watch and be waiting. like, my mom's going to watch and be like, Spencer, Allison Stoner told you like your degree's still waiting. You need to go back. No, That's I mean, what she's going to say. If you, if you feel like that's valuable and education in my biased opinion is an incredible, important investment, mm-hmm. then like full support. And I also recognize that there are many pathways forward. Um, and there are many barriers for many people and yeah, you kind of have to like work with the cards you're dealt plus find whatever, yeah, path actually aligns with where you think you want to go. When you were applying for university or college, if you don't mind me asking, what was your, what was the major you wanted to go for? Psychology. Really? What about psychology? Like, I don't know, like what? made you want to take psychology what about that was like wow I want to study yeah. and learn more about this yeah I, so a couple of things I think one of the beautiful aspects of growing up as an actor mm. is it's a crash course and trying to get into the psyche of someone else even if it's a fictional character yeah I'm trying to understand your thoughts emotions behaviors and how they're interlinked I'm trying to understand the story that drives your identity and the way that you relate to other people because in every scene I have to dissect why I'm choose I'm choosing to say these things and behave these ways. And so it was a great kind of empathy builder mm. and also curiosity provoker. Um, and then over time, I think just in an effort to make sense of my own life, because mm. I was in an industry living a very abnormal childhood, um, and then my household was very chaotic, um, I was just constantly trying to unpack things. And so I started therapy really young. And frankly, like I think that's one of the things that changed my life um, inside out. And my first therapist is like has probably saved my life um, because of how many concepts she helped introduce just for personal reflection, emotional regulation. Like I, the idea of being able to provide that kind of um, empowerment to someone else as a psychologist um, to help someone like reclaim their sense of self or learn habits that help them manage stress and anxiety like that seems like such a, an important act of service mm-hmm. um, in a world that's like really stressed out. If you don't mind me asking, you did start acting at a young age. And Baby. even before we started filming, I was telling you, like, I remember growing up seeing you on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Cheaper by the Dozen, Camp yeah. Rock. Now, when you first started acting, was that something you wanted to do? Great question. Because I feel like I've always like I've always seen kids that grow up as child actors, and like yeah. I even saw um, Cole. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Cole's interview. I w- I was gonna do you know Good Luck Charlie, the daughter yeah, Bridget. Not Bridget, the um the like little A girl little. who played Charlie. Mm-hmm. She actually what was talking it, about it. Is it Mia? I think so, but she mentioned in in alive with her mom and her mom was just like oh she was just a well-behaved baby and we just thought we would pitch her because we wanted to like save money mm-hmm. for college for her was that kind of like how it was for you or was this you were like oh I want to do this yeah so that's a really loaded question just because you don't have to answer if you don't oh want no to I no let's let's go let's here okay um so as a child your reference point is like very different than an adult who can consciously understand like the implications of the decision they're making and then go, yeah, I'm up for this or like, "Mm, maybe I'm not into this. And so when we ask like, did you want to do this as a child? I mean, a child over the course of 24 hours wants to be a firefighter, wants to be a unicorn, Mm -hmm. wants to be an actor. Astronaut. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of room, I think, to encourage creative development and personal expression and all of that but 
did I choose to be in an industry setting doing those things? No, I had no idea really what that meant. Mm -hmm. It was more like there were these interesting opportunities for this family in Ohio to like go to this convention and we did conventions for dance. So we're kind of like, all right, we kind of, we kind of understand what this is. And then like my sisters and I, we played sports. So we're like, this is kind of like going to a tournament or having just some recreational hobby. And over time, suddenly, you know, I'm in LA and now it's like, well, do you want an agent? And if you want an agent, like, will you go on these auditions? And these auditions now lead to booking roles. And now you're like talking about a career as a kid. And that I could have never fully understood Mm -hmm. what was going on. So did you kind of like grow into it in a sense of, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like when you were growing up, was it a lot more of like, like, you know, like people say like, oh, like at a certain age, you like you gain consciousness and you're like, oh, I remember this. So like growing up, did you like ever hit a point where you were like, oh, like I'm in this, like I'm acting and like. Yeah. I mean, I think. I sort of jumped to that conclusion early on because Mm. I didn't have any other like possible roadmap. Mm -hmm. So I only knew myself to be an actor. Like I didn't, when people say like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like I didn't ever have a chance to answer that in any other way. Because I was already a career professional. Yeah. So I could have, I guess, said like, I don't want to do this, but when you have the like beautiful fortune of positive reinforcement, you're booking things and the world's like, yeah, this, this is who you are. You just kind of do the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think maybe around like 18 after I had already been doing it for more than a decade, I started to think like, is this what I want to do forever? Yeah. And the parts of me that had been set aside that didn't get to come forward in school or mm-hmm. or with friends or just different interests, like different curiosities about the world started to almost like, you know, knock at the the doors of yeah. my heart um, to be like, hey, remember us? Like, yeah. you love neuroscience. Are you going to do anything about that or just like play a character who loves neuroscience? So... That's, I think, it wasn't until 18 that I was like, oh, man, I might need to revisit. And how was it? I'm sorry for asking so many questions, but. No, this is your, it's literally what we're here to do. Awesome. Yeah. Um, What was it like making friends? Because I know, because you did mention that, like, you were, like, kind of bouncing from school to school. You were in different locations all the time. Yeah. And, like, I know when I was growing up, like, I was really awkward and, like, it was hard for me to make friends. And I went to the same school pretty much, like, all my life almost mm-hmm. wow. um until high school yeah um but yeah i even then it was hard or difficult for me to make friends and totally i don't know if i could imagine like acting even like going to school where kids might like see me and be like oh like i know you from this yeah and then having to like make friends move or even make friends now you have to travel be on set learn on set how is that making like friends yeah of course I mean every person probably responds a little differently um for me I think I just became really hyper focused on my work Mm -hmm. like I was kind of a workaholic as a kid and I only thought of my peers as people who were co-stars, like people who are on set, people who are doing something similar. Yeah. Um, I had a couple neighborhood friends who I, you know, cherish. Um, and we have a lot of the kind of normal kid memories together, like lemonade stands. Yeah. And um, we used to like paint these candles and try and go around and like sell them to neighbors and raise money to go to Toys R Us and like <laughs> buy a bike that we could share. Um, like entrepreneurship, yeah. yes. Um, but I think socially, some of the difficulties for me were uh, it was scary to be honest with anyone yeah. because they might be listening just to share the information with other people. Oh so there was a lot of just like, I was just very guarded. Yeah. And I, I didn't trust new people very easily. I still to this day, like am working on that um, with making friends as an adult. But yeah, I just stayed to myself quite a bit. And, and I, you know, I found ways to love that. Like, but I was super 
socially awkward in terms of like if you put me in a room with a bunch of people in suits i'd be fine i'd be yeah. like what's up but robert like you know his own age it was like oh terrifying no. yeah. terrifying i was actually gonna say i again like i can't compare any of my experiences to yours because they're mm -hmm. completely different but i will say that when i started on social media a lot of people that i went to high school with or like kids i even went to like middle school with started mm -hmm. hitting me up out of the blue being like oh let's hang or let's do this let's do that right and it's just kind and of like, like oh hmm, and motives I, I feel like even now like there are people that enter my life and I have to have this wall up because yeah. it's like you never know people's intentions which is so scary yeah because it's like they could actually be there to like learn who you are mm -hmm. or they can be there to like learn about you and things because I, I always say that when I meet new people, it's like you're either here to meet Spencer or you're here to meet Spencois. Right, right. Who we're the same person, but it's like different, you yeah, know? Absolutely. So, so I, what does it feel like for you to like what is it like? Hmm, what are the qualities of the friendships that feel best and like safest to you? I feel like the qualities that feel safest to me are like my best friend her name is Zaya um I just like we hit it off like right away and it takes mm -hmm. me a really long time to like trust people mm -hmm. um I always like to say when it comes to like a friendship there's like a give and a take um and like with Zaya we were we were friends we would laugh we would talk and it wasn't until like a few months in that we started like unpacking things in our lives mm. that like we were being open and vulnerable about yeah yeah and I think the moment I realized I was like, oh, my gosh, like she's going to be my best friend for life is we had it wasn't even like a falling out. But like we had we had like kind of parted Friction. ways. Yeah, it was like it was like we I had gone into a relationship. I neglected my friends. That's on me. But while that was happening, she never told anybody anything I had ever told her. I never did the same mm. with her. So when we came back to being like really close like we are now, it's just like knowing that I have someone where like we don't have to talk all the time mm -hmm. I can tell you things you're always there for me I'm always there for you that's kind of like the friendship yeah. aspect that makes me feel safe yeah but with new people I feel like I've always been intuitive in a way hmm. like people will say things to me and I'm like okay like even like the way you said that makes me I don't want to sound like the type of person where it's like, I feel like I'm up here, but it's like, for example, if I'm like talking to a guy from a dating app mm -hmm. and he's like, oh my gosh, I just recognized you and you're from TikTok. I've seen your videos on my For You page before. You didn't just recognize me. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's my thing. It's yeah. like, it's certain like mannerisms and things like that where they just immediately throw me off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's no fault of their own. I feel yeah. like they're just like, oh, how can I make this person most comfortable act like I don't know who they are? But right, I would right, rather right. you be, be like, honest. oh, I know who you are, but I want to get to know you as right. a person. Right. Opposed to like, oh, I don't know you. And then like you kind of just like sneak it in there like, oh, I've seen you before, maybe. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like that. Kind of, what for you is like a safety for friendship? Well, when you shared about dating apps, so I've never been on a dating app. I do not blame you. They can burn. Until oh, no. recently. Um, I signed up for this like obscure one that's very like subcultural for a group of specific kinds of Raya? people. No. Oh. No. Um, no offense. No, it's okay. No offense. I see like I'm. <laughs> none taken whatsoever. I just I've heard so many interesting stories about like dating on an app of people with status and it's so that's and I understand the reasoning behind mm -hmm. it but at the same and time it's like mm. I've, I don't have any personal experience I cannot comment any further mm. um, however my experience on this other app I realized instantly when I was making a profile that like I have to either share my real identity and let people know like who I personal am. information yeah. about myself and personality and what I'm looking for and interested in or I have to hide and then at some point in every conversation be like by the way this is who I really am mm, yeah. and it's like a weird kind of like catfish thing right. but also I'm I've like who am Tinder I banned for 
catfish. Oh, really? He, someone reported my account for being a catfish. And, and like, I got my Tinder banned. No. And then, thank God, I had, like, I I think I had, a, like, a deal with them at one point. I made a video <laughs> like, for them. And I was the like, so, like, you're going to give me this account back or what? For and they sure. Did. But that was, like, the crazy thing. Yeah. So I, I chose to not go with my real identity, chose to be anonymous. But then an, immediately I was like, well, what kind of people are the people who swipe on someone whose identity they don't know? Right. So I'm already filtering, you know, a yeah. certain demographic. Mm -hmm. But then I had this really wonderful conversation with someone. And at some point, you know, it was like, well, should we meet up in person? And I'm thinking like, okay, do I do the surprise when lol it's me hey. yeah yeah like hey i'm my name is actually not this uh you know <laughs> so i thought like well i need to give them some level of honesty yeah because they deserve a chance to say actually like you allison are not my type um yeah. or not feel like they're being duped mm -hmm. so i finally said like i do need to share this with you and Everything changed in the conversation. Really? It went to like, oh my gosh, no way. Like, mm -hmm. I grew up watching you. This is amazing. I have to tell all these people. No. Like, everything changed. And I felt so crushed and was like, do I just accept that? You know, everyone has their reaction. Like, let them go through it and then still meet up anyway or just like call it off. I decided for that one to actually meet in person and it was like so uncomfortable so I don't know what to do about dating apps yeah. when you're you have some kind of public platform it's dicey see like what I do is like I'm very open on like platforms like that um do people ever like screenshot things though and post and be like oh yeah I once actually and I see this is like where I like I have been the, I have Twitter. I'm not going to, like, go into it, but, like, I have been, like, canceled on Twitter really Got bad. It. Like, okay. people have made, like, fake tweets. This mm. was, this was like, a few years ago, but someone made several fake, fake tweets of me saying, like, racial slurs uh. and uploaded them. And then I got canceled. And then, like, all this other stuff happened. And then I've even – one guy's tweet went viral because he was, like, get off this app. And I was, like, on a dating app, and he screenshotted it and put it on Twitter – um, but like my whole thing is, is I have always been very big on just being open about it. Like yeah. I'm on several dating apps. I, I'm on two, but like I'm on two dating apps and even like in my bio, like I just like, I'm just myself. Yeah. And then when it says like for work, I put like influencer. Mm. Um, and then when I'm talking to people, that's kind of like how I gauge yeah. like whether they want to know who Motives. I am or like whether it's something different. Yeah. Um, and hmm. as far as that goes, it's difficult. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because when you're very open about it, I feel like there are people who are manipulative or mm. they go in with the intent of being like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make sure that you're super comfortable with me, so I'm going to do everything I can to make you comfortable in that kind of way, um, which is uh, why it takes me a long time to, like, even bother, yeah. like, meeting them in person. Oh, yeah. I and my former partners know I call myself a turtle mm. or a snail. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but, like... If you're planning on wanting to hang out for a long time anyway, then, like, what's the rush? Yeah, Let's like, just open up very slowly, shall yeah, we? There was, like, a guy that I just started talking to. Well, not just. Like, like a week or two. I don't know. And I have him on Snap. And he literally was just like, let's hang out. And I was like, hello, well, hell no. I was like, that is not happening. Like, right. you're crazy. No. Yeah. You're like, I, sure, what are you doing October 3rd, 2024? 2025, make it. Like, I can't. Yeah. It's just like, I can't just like jump right into things because it's, I know for a fact that, again, like, I just need to see where they're coming from. Yeah. And it's really hard to like kind of wait. I mean, it's, sometimes it sucks like having to like do the whole waiting game and like wait it out, but I'd rather wait it out from afar yes. than like jump in, get close, and then get hurt. Because that's I what happened. That's fully happened to support me. this.
Do you know your attachment style? <laughs> oh my gosh, wait, what are they? What kinds are there? Oh, I mean, I think some people categorize it mainly with four or five. I mostly know about where I started, which was more of an avoidant attachment style. Um, but there's like anxious avoidant, disorganized, secure, like I'm amazed if anyone out there has a secure attachment. Um, and let's see, what's the other one? Fearful, fearful avoidant. I'm sure there are more. Um, but what do all of those like entail essentially? Yeah, it just speaks to different ways that you build connection with people and what your tendencies are when like, let's say conflict arises. If someone has an avoidant attachment style, they may, well, I'll speak for myself. I might have an aversion to conflict or I might retreat and try to go solve it on my own as opposed to leaning in and saying like, let's work through this together. Whereas if you have like an anxious attachment style and you really value that kind of reassurance, then you might, in a moment of conflict, want to be able to be like, hey, can we lean in and talk through this? I, I That affirmation is really is important. Is it possible to have more than one? I'm sure, like, if you speak with a professional who knows what they're talking about, they would be able to be like, oh, yeah, this, like, falls into I this category. Like when I'm with, like, friends... Mm -hmm. I'm definitely like anxious mm -hmm. attachment style where it's like I need to resolve the issue with yeah. them. Like I want to get there, get it over with because like I don't want to lose them. Right. But when it comes to people that I'm interested in or like pursuing in that kind of way mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I want a relationship with this person. I am so avoidant. It's Interesting. like, nope, I cannot. Yeah. Because I feel like even in relationships I've had not just like dating wise mm -hmm. but like even just like talking to guys or dating a guy it's always kind of been in my head a lot of the times I feel like I was always not like easily manipulated but mm -hmm. it was almost like a lot of the times I approached them with problems like I did with my friends because I was like oh like I just tell my friends what's wrong so I'll just do that with you whenever I would do that with anyone I'd been talking to dating in a relationship with it was always like why are you doing this? Or like, you're making mm. a big deal out of nothing. And it was very like flip the switch. Okay. So I always like retreat because I'm like, am I making this up in my head? Mm. And that's why I have to go to my friends and I'm like, you see this too, right? Yeah, right. right because right. I need I need the confirmation of like, oh, no, you're not the only one seeing this. We yeah. all see it as well. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, I can confront. But until that moment comes, I just I have to like, nope, bye. Yeah. And it's inter it's interesting. Have you ever heard of internal family systems? I'm mm. just going to talk about therapeutic modalities. No, I would love to hear okay, about great. it. That sounds really interesting, actually. So it's referring to the variety of parts within ourselves that at certain ages developed like sets of traits and coping mechanisms and mm -hmm. attitudes about the world and so over the course of your life you have a variety of parts like mm -hmm. sub personalities yeah and typically when we're talking about things like you know my inner critic or like the inner cheerleader um or the inner child like yeah. that's sort of almost a gateway into what internal family systems is but IFS gets way more complex in helping you understand that in certain situations with certain kinds of people, you tend to have like a certain set of responses. And so when you're speaking, I'm wondering if like, oh, when you're in dating mode, like I wonder what parts of you are more forward. And then when you're, when you're with friends, like what parts or sub-personalities are forward then? And what I love about IFS is that you acknowledge that like we are very multi-dimensional mm -hmm. so instead of trying to say like i'm just this person or i'm just that kind of person yeah it's really like no sometimes so i'm the hero sometimes i'm the villain sometimes i'm anxious sometimes i'm really secure and trusting like it's just kind of working your way back in your story and learning like when did i develop these strategies mm -hmm. for survival or like getting your needs met or whatever that's interesting I feel yeah. I don't I've never really dived into that but I would say I feel like when I'm even when I'm making a new friend I feel more comfortable mm. knowing in my head like oh you're a friend so like when right. it's like me with friends and even people I've gotten really close to it's like all on the table 
But I feel like my issue is when it comes to dating, Mm -hmm. I need to date someone where they're my friend first Mm -hmm. and then it goes into a relationship because if in my head I'm like, oh, like I want to date you this and the third immediately it's like wall wall you yeah. can't see me this way like I don't want you to see me totally in this kind of way or that kind of way and I feel like yeah. that's why I struggle a lot because it's like no like if this part yeah. if you actually want to date they need to see those parts of you right, give it right, time right. sure but like I'm always very like I don't want you to see me in a way where it's like this I know the third. like the messages to around dating I always felt so awkward like I, I would get freaked out anytime anyone would call it a date. You know, I was like, I don't, we can hang out. Hang out. That's what I say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You get but me. But the second you say it's a date. I'm out. I'm like actually panicking, thinking like I should probably get a haircut and maybe paint my nails or what are the rules here? And like, should I show up on time or maybe I should be late? because I don't want to be desperate, but I actually want them to know that I, I care about Yeah, everything. I'm like, why? But if you were to be like, let's just hang out and be like, great, what a beautiful chance to get to know each other to see if we want to pursue something. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> at, my brain is the exact same way. Yeah. It's like the minute it's like what we're doing is labeled as a date, I'm like, yeah. oh, so this is like- a, Pressure. Yeah, like now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, if this is a date, that means like we're doing things that Also like, the whole like, when am I supposed – are we supposed to be physical, like, t- today, tomorrow, next week? Right. I, I'm so, like, I don't – I can't think mm-hmm. about that. And, mm-hmm. like, I would be so – I'm already awkward, but, like – if someone reached across the table during a first date and to was hold like, your hand, yeah, I would be, be like, like <laughs> you know, so, oh my gosh, wait, are you reaching for something over here? Let me, let I, me, oh, you want my napkin? Yeah, sure. There are so many ways to dodge physical contact and I could probably teach you at least 30 of them. I see like my, <laughs> this is why whenever I've like ever gone on like a first date, um, usually my friends come over they have to hype me up wow Um, nice and then when we go out usually um we go to like a bar okay and i'll like have a shot because i want to be aware pre-date no no on On the date date. like usually sometimes i'll be like if it's like a date they'll be like oh let's let's get a drink and i'm like okay perfect and it's like casual and then like the drink and then i'm like okay Mm. i'm fuzzy not drunk i can have a conversation but i'm mm. calmer yes true. and it's like i can let's see where this goes but at the same time even when i am that kind of way i do still feel like i can like point things out right um see i don't i don't drink and i've there are moments where i'm like i've heard that that would be helpful for a time like this <laughs> see like i just I personally have you ever seen the movie? Um, Probably not. I don't have a TV or watch movies. That's okay. but try me. A good person. Never heard of it. It's with Florence Hugh and Morgan Freeman. Nope. Um, it's a really good movie. I watched it last night, and it's about. It's new. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically Florence. She plays um, a soon like a soon to be wife. Um, and she's driving her sister-in-law and her sister-in-law's husband into the city. They're going to go look for wedding dresses and then they're going to a play and they end up in a car crash. Hmm. And she's the only one that survives. Florence is the only one that lives. Um, and then she gets addicted to like opioids. Mm. And then when she goes to an AA meeting, she runs into her would have been husband's father. And he basically is like, no, come in here. Like, you have to start somewhere. Um, and, the, like, the whole movie, I'm just like, wow. And I was just, like, I was watching certain parts of the movie. Mm. And, like, even, like, when she first started taking the opioids or, like, when the dad was describing, or Morgan Freeman, um, when he was describing, like, drinking and, like, times he would do it, I was like, wait. Like, mm. I don't know if I, like, I should I be, like, resonating with, like, certain things he's saying? Like, mm. he'll be like, oh, I had, like, a really bad day. So, like, I got whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, people do that. But I just, after watching the movie, I've, I'm kind of been, like, hyper aware about, like, the things I do. And, yeah, like, totally. if I want a glass of wine, just, like, mm, sit back, relax. Like, it's going to be one glass. Or if I'm like, oh, I've had a really bad day and I rely on the wine right, totally. to calm me down. Yeah. Type of. Yeah, see, because I didn't grow up 
even like drinking caffeine like I don't drink coffee I don't drink alcohol I've mm-hmm. never smoked a cigarette like it's just something that hasn't been something that I've chosen to try I'm so happy <laughs> that like this but like I'll say in the times that the thought has crossed my mind it's only ever been on occasions where I feel so overwhelmed and stressed that I feel like I need something to help with it. And because I can hear that thought, for me, it's my signal of like, oh, it sounds like you're feeling overwhelmed and like makes sense that you would crave something that would help it instantly. It. Yeah. But like, let's explore the options that, you know, are actually going to be helpful long term and not cause other issues or like, or if you want to have a drink, like maybe first find some sense of calm and stability yes. in your mind and then ask yourself again, like, do you do still actually want, this? want it just to enjoy? Yeah. So, but I should say, you know, context for my family is addiction and um, like alcohol and, and, different medications and all kinds of things were abused in my family of origin so it Mm -hmm. it became very clear growing up like that those things weren't adding to someone's life and they weren't in like a manageable amount yeah so yeah yeah so like now I think it's interesting like I'll hear that thought and that's when I know like yeah no now it's not the and I'm not against like I want my former partner loves wine making mm-hmm. and I wanted so badly to like be able to appreciate the art of it um and be supportive and so there was like a couple of times that I had a glass of wine with them yeah. and and it and it was delicious and it was like a beautiful experience yeah. and it's just like not my thing it's just not my thing see my only <laughs> I when I first moved to LA I because when I started in college COVID immediately hit. So oh, wow. my freshman year of college, my first semester was all in school. Second semester, all of a sudden I was home. Uh, um, and then I did online oh, school. So tough. And then I moved here. And after I moved here, it kind of felt like I, living on my own, living away from home, being like feeling like oh I I have this like new sense of like self and freedom Mm -hmm. I drank a lot Mm -hmm. um and never I don't want to say that I had like an addiction but it Mm -hmm. definitely was like a big problem in my life Mm. um and I have a very addictive personality I've even like when I had my like surgery I had like a really big stomach surgery and Mm. I had my wisdom teeth removed I had a really bad problem with Oxy. Yeah. Um, and like, thank God when I had my wisdom teeth removed, my mom, like, she's she doesn't deal with that kind of stuff. And she's like, no, like, you're fine and you don't need this mm. anymore. So when I had my stomach surgery, she already knew, like, you need to take this because you're in pain. Mm-hmm. But once I even think you're asking for too much or, like, suddenly it's like, oh, like, are there any extras? Right. Down the toilet they go. Mm. Um but I was here and I was like drinking almost every day. It was really bad. Mm. Um, and then I kind of had like this really bad breaking point, stopped drinking. And now it's come to like a point where it's like I'll drink on the weekends with my friends if we go out, but I can't like overdo it like I was. Totally, yeah. It's just, it's too much. I mean, it's really fascinating um, how it alters our brain. Um, and creates new pathways where that dependence can become like a, a real thing. And so I always, I don't, I'm going to advocate for a nonfiction book. If you recommended books for me, I'm recommending them for you. Thank you. Definitely check out The Myth of Normal okay. by Gabor Mate. I'm going to write that down. Um, who's a like trauma-informed therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he speaks a lot to all of the ways that our just day-to-day culture and society have these norms that yeah. are actually quite unhealthy and toxic, but we've come to just accept them you know, accept as like them. everyday occurrences. But in so doing, like we're creating some of the suffering that we're experiencing, but then the way we frame it from the outside in is we're shaming the people who are going through it as opposed to recognizing like, no, 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 like that substance 
has a powerful effect on your mind and body. And so instead of thinking just like it's the individual's problem and it's, you know, their fault and it's because they don't have willpower and it's, you know, it's like, no, no, no. If you understand chemically what's going on, like there are very real reasons that someone might become addicted even if you never thought they would be the one to do it. Even if you never thought you would be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have anything with alcohol or drugs, but food for me was my addiction. That was my coping that like really got out of hand. And for me, like it's been one of the biggest um, life teachers because I know through recovery and with my therapist, like anytime the thoughts or urges come up, I I don't have to fear them because I know like, oh, this is my signal. Like something in my life feels like it's too much to handle. And and now there's like a shame-free way of approaching it. And, you know, but but if I didn't have that perspective, I feel like I might have just spiraled and thought so poorly of myself. Like it was just something that like I wasn't strong enough to fix. So I say that because growing up for a variety of reasons, many people try all kinds of things. And and if you don't really know what's going on in your mind and body when it's happening, like you might find yourself in behaviors that you never thought you would be doing. And you're Mm -hmm. like, now I have to now I have to like think intentionally about like not doing this thing until I build new habits. So like I respect you and applaud you and support you and being like, okay, that, you know, I did that for a season, didn't really have the outcomes that are Mm -hmm. the most conducive for health and well-being and probably healthy relationships and all of that. And like now moving forward, you actually are rewiring. Yeah. And then thankfully over time, like our bodies can be quite, um, malleable in terms of adapting to new ways of being but for some people if you've been doing a certain thing for a long time yeah like it 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 takes lots of intention and support oh can i just do one little detour yeah i had a question i have to do a little detour i came out of the closet when i was like in middle school Uh, and i didn't have like the pressure of thinking other people were watching me other than like my mom Mm -hmm. what was that like for you being able to like come out yeah um knowing that like oh people have eyes on me if that yeah yeah yeah. no totally um it was was really nerve-wracking um and the reason I ended up doing it was because my girlfriend at the time we reached a point in our relationship where it felt like it was a disservice to her for her to be hidden, right? Yeah. Like there, that, that didn't feel good for her. It didn't feel fair. Um, and even though there were other like pressures and considerations for me to, to be public, I felt like, okay, I want to, I want to do this. Yeah. Um, but I spoke to my managers about it who happened to be um, Christians and uh, it was full transparency, uh, Kevin Jonas, the dad, was my music manager at the time. Mm. And so he's a former pastor. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I know that there's a potential risk here. And, and And he was very loving and supportive and helpful in me understanding that, like, there are risks if I do this. It's totally my choice. Yeah. But it could affect not only people's perceptions, but but also like higher ability for jobs. I did end up getting fired from a children's show because they felt that I was unsafe now that they knew I was queer to mm. be around kids. So there was like definitely discrimination there, but um, but the like beauty far outweighs um, the hate comments and death threats. Um, but it was it was intimidating. Um, but now you're and gonna, also liberating. But now you're going to be in a new horror movie, right? It's a Am queer... I? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You're wait. like, wait, sorry. No, what? I totally forgot I did that. But what how that happened was um, Matthew, Scott Montgomery, uh, and Allison shot me a text. And they're like, we're doing this film. Can you be here in like an hour just to do this quick little thing? So um, I haven't actually seen it. And I don't know the full script. Okay. I only know the little thing I was in, um, but I'm sure it's great. 
and it's like a you know lots of queer people in the cast. I heard, and yeah. I'm not really excited. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I play a queer character on a Nickelodeon show, which was cool to see, like the evolution of Disney and Nickelodeon uh-huh. integrating LGBTQ plus uh, characters. And yeah, I mean, I'm like here and queer and ready to. You ready to play a game? That's right, Segway. Yeah, I ate that up, huh? <laughs> you did. <laughs> We're going to play a game um, called Guess a Song Lyric, but it's going to be rapid fire. I should let you know that I I don't know many Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran songs, so I'm hoping That's okay. you'll have some Busta Rhymes in there. Um, I I listen to a lot of music, so okay. let's. I hope I get this. Hair toss, check my nails, baby, how you feeling? Lizzo. Uh, yeah. God, I'm glad you got this one. Uh I'd make a deal with God and I'd get him to swap our places. Running up that hill, that was from Stranger Things. Oh, how does if it sound? If only could I make a deal, deal with God. God. That's what I they were saying this whole time. Swap our places. At last, my love has come along. My lonely days are over and life is like a song. Yeah. Oh my gosh, why is this so embarrassing that I can't think of? I can sing it, but is it? I'm so. I mean, I know it's called At Last, right? But. I'm so embarrassed. Does it start with an E? It's Etta James. James, Okay, I was like about to say Etta or Ella, and that's bad. Oh, I like this one. Not really sure how to feel about it. Something in the way you move. Oh my gosh, I know this. Um, Wait, it's Rihanna's. Uh um, Not really sure how to feel about it. Mm -hmm. Something in the way you move. I can get it. Yep. Stay. Yep. Thank you. Sorry, guys. Took me a second. You're the missing piece I need. The song inside of me. I know this. Is this something I was in? Yeah. Shit. Excuse me. I know it's- um, <laughs> You're the missing... Wait. <laughs> Sorry. What? I know this. Freaking A. You're no. the missing piece. I need oh, God, the song yeah. inside of me. I need, I need to, to find, find you. you. Still looking to this day. Uh, Joe sings that. And I'm sorry. I'm going to get the name. Gotta find you. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Oh, my God. Please help me. No, don't don't say it. Don't say it. Don't okay. say it. You're the voice I hear inside me. I'm the reason why I'm saying I need to find you. Is it I gotta find you? Yeah. Okay, and 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 the Jonases and Demi sing it together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, some memories you just block out. Um, I've been trying to give it to you all night. What's it gonna take to get you all alone? Oh, I've been trying to give it. Oh, that's uh, Kim Petras featuring uh, Nicki Minaj. Um, wait, I've been trying to get it to you all night. What's it gonna take to get you all alone? Mm. Oh my gosh. I'm I can't help you at all. Killed. People are going to come for me. That's crazy. how I felt about whatever thing I just did. Um, alone. OMG, I got it. That's crazy. They will eat me up online. They will literally be like, how the hell did you not know that? Yeah, well, how did I not know Etta James and Camp Rock? Spencer? All right, guys, this is our last one. Okay. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't, Ain't about, about what's waiting on the yeah, other side. Yeah, we're climbing side. with Miley. Yeah! Yeah, that's an epic one to finish on. That was really good. Because you know what? I was singing that yesterday just for fun. I love that song. Yeah, it's a good song. I like her new music too, River. I don't know that, but now I know what I'm doing right after this. River is so good. Like, comment, subscribe, and stream River. Like, li- actually... That's kind of how we're closing out. But would you like to tell anyone any upcoming projects you've been working on where people can find you online, anywhere? Sure. Well, apparently I'm in a horror film, but I don't know when it's coming out. And I I guess I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm son. Wow, I'm realizing that I don't talk about this at all anymore, but I'm on like three animated shows Loud House on Nickelodeon, Hamster and Gretel on Disney, and then Phineas and Ferb is coming back. (gasps) What? Wait, are we allowed to know about it? You are. Because you want to know what happened? They literally announced it without telling any of us. Oh, so they were like, oh, guess who's coming back? Including the creator. I was like, (laughs) I sent the creator a message and was like, 
uh, it's a totally okay if you're recasting. I'm just checking in, like, yeah. what's the deal? Um, so we'll be recording that again. Other projects, mostly my company. So I'm helping people take care of their mental health with tools. If you're struggling with anxiety, if you are feeling like you want some support, check out Movement Genius. Actually, we could give everyone, like, a month free if you want to. We could give, like, a special code. Okay, yeah, the code is... I'm literally screaming. Yeah, maybe wait, could I could I suggest a shorter? Yeah, maybe I'm like screaming. screaming? Yeah, screaming. Screaming's the code. Okay. Not I'm literally. That's a lot of typing. That's screaming. <laughs> screaming's the code, guys. We just made it up. Don't judge me. Like it's you know, like I, I had a few seconds and I, I chose what was on the top of my head. Yeah. You nailed it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, guys, you know where to find me. Spenswan, everything, except Snapchat, because again, some bitch stole my username and I want it back. But my Snapchat username is Spence Moi with an M in the middle. You guys, if you don't know where to find me, you can find this audio or this podcast, sorry, on all audio streaming platforms. New episodes drop every Thursday. But if you want to see this happening live and in action, head to the Past Your Bedtime YouTube channel and subscribe, like, comment, do whatever you got to do. Show some love. I love you guys. Love me back. Because if you don't show love, that means you hate me. And I, I can't have that. I can't have that in my life right now. I need you guys to love me. So... I love you guys so much. Be safe. Be healthy. Um, And until next time, bye, everyone. See ya.